Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Welcome to you guys. Thank you very much for continuing to click on the podcast episodes. Thank you for continuing to download and subscribe to the podcast as well. It's awesome to have you here. I hope you've had a good week. I hope the festive period has been kind to you um, and that you've been able to have a little bit of self-care and not got too pressured into some of those friendship and family meetups and things that we really feel committed to do around this time of year. So today I am delighted to bring you another new guest on the podcast. I had the opportunity recently to sit down and have a chat with Mel from Geek Magnifique uh, and talk a little bit to her about her story, her experience with mental health, but also really excitingly Uh, about her experience as a newly published author of her very own book, um, self-titled Geek Magnifique. Um, And it was really interesting to to read through and hear a little bit more about Mel's story. We've met up a couple of times, um, but I've never really had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with Mel. So for me, it was really interesting to hear a bit more about her story. And hopefully for you guys as well, I'm sure many of you will have um, heard of or spoken to Mel previously online where she's particularly active on Twitter um, and has uh, a couple of chats that she's involved with as well. So I think it's a really cool opportunity to find out a little bit more about someone that is very active within the mental health uh, community, particularly online. Um, And for me also in terms of maybe just kind of that general conversation about mental health but also learning a little bit more particularly about emetophobia 
about Mel's experience with OCD um, and just some of the experiences that she's had as well was really interesting to find out a little bit more about. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and please feel free to to share it with other people and if you feel like you've got a story that you would like to share as well please get in contact with me at mikesopenjournal.com and you can get in contact with me there and, and give me a bit of information and we can have a chat about potentially you coming onto the podcast yourself and I think that's one of the things that was really interesting today to sit down and have a chat with Mal and really reflect back on some of the conversations that we've previously been involved with um, whether that's been uh, in real life, no, in the physical world uh, or online uh, and actually recognising the power of story sharing and it's something that I am hugely grateful um, and proud of in terms of being able to support people in sharing their story um, and having those people that are confident and comfortable and happy enough to share their experience online to share their struggles but also their successes as well um so yes thank you to all of you guys and with that i'd really like to obviously introduce this episode um as episode 124 wow we're cracking through them now um and again a big thank you to mel for coming on and sharing her story a big thank you to the guys at trigger publishing for obviously working with Mel and um, getting in contact about having this conversation in the first place. And there seems to be a real lineup of awesome mental health uh, books coming up from Trigger. So have a look at those guys as well. Again, I'll make sure they're in the description so you can find out a little bit more about Mel's book, but also some of the other books that they're publishing at the moment as well. Um, but for now, I'm going to drop you guys straight into the conversation I had um, recently. I say recently because it was actually before Christmas. <laughs> Woohoo for scheduling. Um, so, yes, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, here's our conversation. Yeah, so okay. how, how has your, how's your day been? How's your week been? Um, how are things? Yeah, really good, thank you. Uh, it's been, a, I guess, a kind of surreal couple of weeks just with the book coming out mm. and um, obviously, like, Christmas and stuff is all very busy and... It's been so yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind and a bit surreal, but um but yeah, really good, thank you. Oh, that's great. You mentioned um the book and um we were talking just a minute ago about how I've kind of started reading through and I've definitely not got as far as I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but that's because I've ended up reading it properly, uh, rather than skimming through. And I think it's um there are a couple of things that have made it really interesting for me to read. Um, okay. and I'm not gonna lie one of the best things is there's a couple of short chapters oh like it engages me so much more because you're like oh it's um uh I remember reading this book when I was younger and it was like a short stories book yeah um and I instantly was more engaged with every story even though they weren't related at all because it felt like it was more it was kind of broken down into more of a manageable thing my attention span is quite short <laughs> so that really worked for me but the some of the chapters in your book are shorter chapters but it's not a separate story if that makes it because it's an ongoing yeah story, but there's still an opportunity to read uh like broken parts if that's how you want to read a book or make it feel more approachable I don't know if that was in your mind when you were writing it um, yeah absolutely I mean 
when I was writing it, I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted it to be very kind of conversational, very chatty. Um, and yeah, kind of, you know, I wanted to keep the pace flowing quite nicely. So yeah, mm. that's kind of what I was going for. So um, yeah, thank you. No, it's good. And um, yeah, like it, that, that sort of breakdown, I don't know, I wonder if um, that just makes books in general maybe more approach I don't know if approachable is the right word but more welcoming to some people um like I I really engaged with like the Game of Thrones books and, and sat down and read through all of those but in general um a book can feel quite daunting to me um yeah. in terms of like oh there might be difficult words there might be long chapters I'm not really going to get into it um and actually sitting down and kind of reading someone's story essentially um but having those kind of broken chapters made a real difference and it's written i would say um in kind of like that blog style it's a little bit more casual it's, it's a bit more it's friendly. actually funny you should say that because um i was i was actually just about to say as mm. well that um when I was planning out the book and kind of working working out what chapters I was going to write and kind of the structure, um, I found that really, really difficult because I've, I've obviously, this is my first book. I've never written anything like this before. And what I'm familiar with is writing my blog. Mm. Um, so I, I actually remember saying to my editor, can I kind of treat each chapter as kind of like a blog post? Mm. Um, and that helped me to kind of break it up in my mind and structure it and that made it so much easier so it's really great and funny that you've said that yeah it kind of it reminded you of a blog in a way because because that is kind of what I had in the back of my mind while I was writing it okay. yeah it definitely came across as that kind of um I guess like more approachable mm. um not necessarily lang. I don't know if language is the right word just the yeah the way you read it it felt uh, very relaxed a very um yeah approachable language and even some of the stuff that I was less familiar with in terms of like maybe particular illnesses or situations and there was enough information there that I could understand um the the development of what was going on and I think particularly when you talk about um yeah there's a couple of illnesses in there that I I don't have huge um knowledge on like I've heard people speak about their own experiences um but I, like, I, I don't have a wealth of knowledge on that. So for me, it was really interesting from that side to, like I say, I'm only, I don't know, halfway, not quite halfway, a third of the way. Um, there's still been quite a lot of information in there for me to sort of pick up and go, oh, okay, it's quite interesting to know and fairly um, informative, even though it's someone's personal experience. I don't know if while, oh, while you were going through, were you quite wary of like how, I guess, actually accurate it was at the same time as putting across your own experience yeah I mean that was something I it's something with my blog as well I always worry about because and this is something I'm always keen to stress um is that I'm not a medical professional I'm not a mental health expert mm. um I don't you know I'm only talking about my own experiences so I try and kind of steer clear of being too sort of I'd, I'd never want to put myself forward as kind of like a, a factual source if, if you like um so um I think I try to kind of strike a balance because obviously I have learned a lot through counseling and and I am 
a bit more maybe knowledgeable in the areas that I have experience with than maybe somebody else would be. Um, so I try and kind of strike a balance, but always make it clear that it's just my own experience and kind of what I've learned from that. And I think there's a, I'm sure it's one of the last couple of chapters I've read through. I think there's a bit in there where you sort of mention that this is my experience and yours could be different. And if you're struggling, um, like, please go and see like a GP talk to someone. Um, and even that, it's not like a little, um, kind of uh, I don't know like line at the beginning or the end like it's within the context um and it's within the body of um the book and that idea that actually no this is my story it's my experience and yeah maybe you might have similarities but your experience is your experience and um you need to make sure that you kind of seek out the support that you feel you need as well Exactly. And I think um, the point of the book isn't to help someone diagnose themselves or mm. um, or anything like that. And I think I kind of see my role as a mental health blogger and advocate and whatever else. I kind of see that as as you know, I'm, I'm there to kind of share resources and mm. signpost people to the right help rather than give advice myself, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm always yeah. mindful of that. Yeah, totally. And I think, again, it's, it is that idea of, I guess, being someone that's willing to share their story and open up and host to that conversation. And like yeah. you said, it's people that have, uh, I don't know, a need for specialist support or are a specialist person, um, have their own roles and responsibilities within, um, I guess, service provision um, and conversations but a lot of the time, I think more and more, it's not necessarily about illness treatment. Um, it is about just a general awareness and general comfort and confidence in talking about mental health, whether it's about particular illnesses or just like, how how are you feeling today? Like, are you happy? Are you sad? Like, what's made you feel like that? Is there a way that could be improved? Or if you feel great, like, what's made you feel great? Like, maybe I can learn something from you um and encouraging yeah, those types of conversations as well yeah definitely I think you're absolutely right I mean I one of the main reasons I wanted to open up and I started kind of sharing my experiences online is I just I thought to myself there's probably somebody else out there hmm. that's going through something similar and if I can make someone feel a little less alone or like someone knows what they're going through I think that's a really valuable thing and like you say it's just about support and kind of knowing that there's that community there more than anything sometimes yeah I think have you have you maybe found over time like that support network or that community for you has has changed as you've started to talk a little bit more about your experience um I think to be honest I find that the more the more I open up, the more people kind of open up to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, it's it's really nice. I mean, I, I share quite a lot of things on my personal Facebook as well. Um, originally, I kind of kept the two things separate. Mm. I didn't kind of want to associate myself. I think I talk about it in the book at mm. one point. I don't know if you've got that far yeah. um, about how I kind of tried to separate that and kind of keep it fairly anonymous. But now that I've kind of decided not to do that and I, I you know, I, I share everything across all platforms and I talk about it quite openly on my own personal Facebook. I've had 
friends from school message me and say, oh, my goodness, I know exactly what you're going through. I've got the same thing or um, and, and people actually reach out to me and open up to me. And again, it's that whole signposting. And I, you know, I tell people what I did and what kind of help there is out there so that they can kind of um, so that they can kind of get the right support they need. Um, but, yeah, I find the more I open up, the more people kind of reach out to me. And that's that's a really wonderful thing. And it is really interesting in terms of I think when you especially if someone reaches out after I would say maybe having read something that you've posted online or after having read the book where you've openly stated that you're not an expert or a professional um, and that they come to you I think then that really shows actually do you know what what a lot of people need isn't necessarily a specialist or that's not the only thing they want they do just want to be able to kind of sit down and chat and talk openly with someone and feel as much as possible like they're not going to be judged. And most, Absolutely. And I think knowing that you've gone through, whether it's something very similar or something different, but they can sort of see, oh, there's similarities there in terms of having experienced a mental health illness. Um, they feel more at ease to do that. And I think... It is interesting when people sort of say, look, I'm really open about the fact I'm not an expert. And then sort of later on in the conversation, like you mentioned, I've still got people kind of coming to me and think, well, it's not because they, they, they're not under the impression, I would imagine most of them aren't, that you are no. an expert. And it really shows actually what people are, are hungry for in terms of support isn't always that professional side. Actually, it's just someone to listen absolutely and people want to know that there's other people going through similar things mm. um and they want someone that knows what they're going through and um and yeah i think the more we can talk about these things and the more that we can open up online for example i think it just kind of normalizes these conversations and mm. it makes people feel confident enough um to kind of open up and i think that's what's really important about doing this mm. I mean we've touched on a couple of times um like your own experience which is obviously um in the book um but I don't know if you're happy to share some of your story with us and kind of give us a little bit of an insight into what's brought you to this point what's brought you to being an author and someone that speaks openly about mental health yeah so um I I kind of um started kind of having um obsessive compulsive like tendencies when I was about eight years old um so that's kind of when I when I look back that's kind of when I think of my OCD as kind of developing mm. um so it started out as kind of like ritualistic counting like counting to certain numbers doing things in a certain way that kind of thing and then over the years it kind of morphed its way into more contamination based OCD so it kind of became hand washing and um worrying about treading in things outside and worrying about my clothes being clean and all that sort of thing mm. um and then kind of off it's hard to know kind of what fed what or if they're kind of separate things that I don't know that overlap slightly but then emetophobia came along and for anyone that doesn't know that's a phobia of vomiting um and again those two kind of went hand in hand because 
I'd be washing my hands more to stop myself from getting sick. And then the, as I say, the two kind of fed, fed into each other a bit. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, those are the things that I've always kind of struggled with. Um, and then I went through a rough time in kind of in my twenties a few years back and, and that led me on my kind of counseling and medication journey and kind of what I kind of think of as my path to recovery, mm. as it were. Was there um, a difference that meant that you kind of sought that support in terms of um, like therapy or counselling this time rather than when you were younger? Um, I think um, it's kind of hard to know, really. I think it's it was two main things kind of made me take that first step and actually find a counsellor and and um and seek support and I think one of them was just that there was more awareness and more there was more information available to me like I when I was younger and stuff I didn't know about these things social media wasn't around it wasn't it wasn't something that was talked about and again it comes back to this whole being open and discussing these things because it just it was much more um sorry I don't know where I'm going with this um it was much more kind of you know it's talked about and I kind of knew what options were available to me and um and it just seemed like a more accessible thing than maybe it did when I was younger um and also I think I just kind of hit a low point I just got to a point where I thought I, I it got to a point where I was kind of starving myself so that I wouldn't get sick um and I was making myself really really unwell and I was really unhappy and I was isolating myself so it kind of got to a point where I knew something had to change um and that's kind of what led me to counseling really I think that's a really positive thing though in terms of when you're talking about in society or in the social circles that you're in you felt maybe a bit more aware of mental health in general and a little bit more aware of there's support that I can access um I think really encourages the type of work that you now do in terms of speaking up and um sharing your story and signposting for other people in that actually the real important role that that can play in like you said just one person seeing that and thinking slightly differently and feeling more confident to access some support or talk to someone really can make a difference and um, I think from my side, I've seen and had conversations where we talk generally about mental health, but uh, I think people that are prepared to share their own story is so much more um, engaging. People really relate to that. They're much more likely to um, learn about new illnesses. Um, yeah. It's like I think I'd only ever heard one person previously speak about emetophobia. <laughs> Um, so I sort of I knew what it was, but that's literally it. I I don't know anything else about it other than what it is. Yeah. Um, and so to hear people talk about their experience, you're like, oh, okay, like you wouldn't necessarily know that. And if I'm honest, much like every other illness, I seem to find out about. I'm like, oh, that's not weird at all. It's just the things that everyone else thinks, but you just can't get away from it. It's the escalation of the thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been the most probably surprising thing I found about mental health illnesses is how um in brackets normal 
um, all of the symptoms seem to be. It's just an escalation of stuff. That oh, we- absolutely. Like, I, I definitely think we all have, we all have these little irrational, because when I talk about my OCD, people say to me, oh, what? it's weird, I do that. I have to count to 50 before I go to sleep at night. Or mm. they say, um, you know, I... I have to say things in a certain order or turn the light switch on and off three times. Like we all have these little Mm. personality, maybe quirks or these kind of little compulsions. But like you say, it's the escalation for me. It got to a point where it was affecting my day to day life. Mm. Um, I was washing my hands until they cracked and bled and it was taking over my life and making me unhappy. And, and it was, it was distressing. So but I completely agree. I think we all have these little things. And again, with emetophobia, nobody likes being sick. Mm. Everyone, mm. to an extent, is maybe a little bit, if they feel a bit nauseous, they think, oh, no, I'm going to be sick. And there's that little bit of anxiety there for mm. everybody. Mm. But it's just, again, it just took over my life and it dictated how I ate and thought and everything I did. Mm. So, mm. again, it's... Yeah, I completely see where you're coming from. I've spoken to someone before about that, um, like the, the oh, here we go with the teeth, the ritualistic behaviours. Um, so I, I sort of spoke to him about how um, like in the morning I'll walk downstairs um, and out of habit, I can't, I can't justify it in any way, I, I jump the bottom step, um, but I can't have touched every step apart from the bottom one. So I will kind of kick my foot back to touch the bottom step. Um, oh, okay. And I'm like, so to me, that is what I would consider like a symptom of OCD. The difference in terms of um, why I think it's a symptom but it isn't a sign of the illness is the fact that I do that. But some days I forget it. Sometimes I might think... I'm like driving into work and be like, oh, I didn't do that today. I don't have to turn around and come back home and then do yeah. it. And I think that's the difference. And it's put across really nicely, I think, in, oh, there's a couple of times when you mention um, like certain behaviours or sim- situations that you've been in, um, in the book where it's that idea that, yes, actually, we probably all do this, but some of us will just get to the point where we go, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I'm now just going to, I don't know, go into the other room or I'm going to go out or I'm going to do whatever. And I think that's where it comes across really well in terms of none of this is weird. It's completely normal. We all do it. But it's recognising that some people, their lives, their routines, their everything is affected by this. And I think that's that little bit of understanding that um, people sometimes lack because there's that first positive side of going, oh, yeah, that's again brackets normal I do that that's not weird that's okay and like yeah okay great you've understood what's going on but now you need to understand the level of intrusiveness that that thought has and the impact yeah. that it has and I think that's the side that we've not quite got to yet particularly around um, things like OCD yeah definitely there is that I think there is still a lack of understanding of that kind of side of it and I, I know from talking to friends I've had people and it's meant in the nicest way possible and it's you know but it's the most frustrating thing because they'll say things like oh well have you just tried not doing it you've just got to ignore 
the urge and I say but I can't that's the problem mm. it's it takes over it's like an itch and I I think about it and then I worry about it and then it causes anxiety and and you know it's that's where the understanding is lacking I think because people just say things like oh well you know you've just got to not do it you've got to stop doing your compulsions you've got to just forget about it let it go that kind of thing and that's the bit that's the hard part that's the bit that makes it the disorder rather than just you know a personality quirk yeah and I think that's the side of um I've started to use um when I talk to people the idea of like a uh like a mental health continuum type thing so most people know of like the um, like autistic or dyslexic spectrum and they've heard of yeah. that in education and they're familiar with the idea that um, or most people are familiar with the idea that we all sit on this scale um, but s- some of us are quite low down and so don't ever either experience a problem with it or it's very occasional to the extent that we don't notice um, but some people struggle enough that they are um, diagnosed with those um, I don't know that they would be called illnesses but illnesses or struggles um and I think in my mind I think of mental health in very much the same way that actually no we're all on this kind of um spectrum or continuum um some of us move up and down a little bit but um you get a sense of sort of where you are the fact that some people don't struggle too much with it and are okay and have fairly decent well-being um and other people are having their day-to-day lives affected um and they aren't on a uh it's not like a light switch it's not like you are ill I am not um and I think that like that continuum type thing really works for me in terms of I guess starting conversations with people and again being able to go okay maybe there's certain symptoms that one person has someone else also has but doesn't mean the intensity or the frequency or I don't know the intrusiveness is going to be the same yeah um and again it's being happy to have those conversations and for people to go actually do you know what I don't understand it as much as you do and be okay with that and um I do struggle sometimes like yourself when you get those um those questions that are um well there are no stupid questions I do sometimes wonder whether there are some questions that are a bit more ignorant than others um Mm. in terms of there just hasn't been that thought put into it um and I guess it often comes across more in terms of the way it's delivered yeah because I think even if someone said to me oh have you thought of like not doing that maybe if it was phrased slightly differently or it was put in part of a conversation where we're kind of just generally talking like that I'd be okay with that we can talk about it but I can completely see and I imagine it comes across and it's phrased in a way that isn't quite as friendly as that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think sometimes the way it's phrased almost makes it seem like the person thinks you're weak in some way. Mm. Like it's kind of like a, you just need to be stronger. You need to fight these things. You need to. And that for me, I think is really damaging because it's not a, it's not an issue of strength. It's like, telling someone who's got a cold that they've just got to fight harder it's not as easy as that illnesses run their course and and stuff like OCD as well is something that has to be tackled and it's a long process it's not something you can just go all right 
I'm turning it off now. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, most of most of the kind of questions and comments I've had have been kind of made with love um, and people have kind of, you know, people are trying to help and it's, it's coming from a place of support and kindness. Um, but occasionally you do get people that kind of, um, I mean, I found it online with like, you know, internet trolls and stuff that kind of say, oh, you know, you've just got to get over it, take a walk, you know, get over it. It's, it's, you're weak, that kind of thing. And that's, that's that viewpoint that I think is really damaging. It is. I have to say my uh, reaction to some of those horrible comments is, has become more and more like a little chuckle to myself. Because I'm the person that actually really benefits from going for a walk. And I chuckle chuckle to myself when I see him because I'm like, you've sent that as like an insult. But actually, that's really useful for me. (laughs) Fair enough. It it makes me chuckle. Um, But again, it's that idea that just because it works for one person does not mean it works for everyone yeah Um, exactly like a big thing for me is trying to go outside at lunchtime even if it's just for like 10 minutes um and just go and have a a walk and um the amount of times where you see people go oh yeah just go outside and have a walk in a and you can tell it's said in a sarcastic way yeah i'm like yeah no you're right i should go (laughs) just oh it gets me every time i'm like oh no instead of being sarcastic you've actually provided me with something useful in terms of motivation (laughs) to do that um but yeah it's that side of I guess um yeah again I I do feel like for some people like you say when you're amongst um uh particular people or environments and you feel like actually those questions are asked with a very um I don't know just they want to learn more they want to understand maybe the illness they want to understand what's going on with you they want to know how they can help. And I think very quickly you interpret whether that's said in a supportive way or just in a like, oh, an aggressive way, let's say. Yeah, or just being dismissive. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, how have you found, I guess two different questions, how did you kind of find at first sort of opening up, um, you mentioned sort of posting on Facebook about um, your experience with mental health and then obviously kind of fast forwarding to part b of the question in terms of like now obviously writing a book is um actually to a much larger scale in terms of the the i guess the recognition that you're putting on that as well that i'm prepared to sit and and spend this time and this effort on um writing something and actually other people are invested enough in that in terms of putting a book together and having it published um but what were those two experiences like like was there similarities or differences and and how did you find that um so when I when I started kind of opening up on my blog um and like you said you know being a bit more open on my personal social media and kind of and sharing that sort of thing with you know old school friends Mm. and family members and stuff um I knew that to an extent I had control over that I guess um I knew that ultimately you know if I published a blog post and then regretted it I could take it back I could I could take it down um and that wouldn't be an issue I've never actually done that 
I've never felt like I had to do that. I've never really had backlash from anything or or had any abuse or anything thrown at me. So that's nice. Um, but to an extent, I felt like I had control over my blog mm -hmm. and I had control over how I put myself forward um, on social media. Um, so it kind of made it a bit less scary, I guess. Um, whereas the book is very much it's the opposite it's out there now mm -hmm. and I've revealed basically everything about myself and it's out there for people to read and there's no going back now and there were a few times when I was writing where I thought oh my goodness that's terrifying I what am I doing this is mm -hmm. this is terrifying um but ultimately I just kept thinking to myself all the things that you know I feel about my blog and that you know it's helping other people and people come across it and then they reach out to me and they they don't feel quite so alone and I thought well this is just that but on a bigger scale and that can only be a positive thing um so I guess it's scary but I hope that it will help people enough to kind of outweigh the scariness if that makes sense I feel like that was a really rambly answer to your question but it was a, it was a fairly yeah. um... It was a fairly rambly question, to be fair. <laughs> um, no, it is interesting, and it's interesting to hear the difference as well. I don't know whether you feel over time that that's changed, but probably from all of the people I've I've spoken to, you're probably in the like the two or three people that seems fairly sort of relaxed and not as worried about sharing their story on their social media. And I wonder, is that how you actually felt at the time, or has has it felt less of a worry now because you've done the book? Um, I guess it was a little it was a little bit scary at first, and I did have to think quite long and hard about how much I did want to share of myself online. Mm. Um, but I guess as a person, I think I am quite open just mm. in general. Um, I'm not really, I guess, embarrassed to talk about these things and yeah. not that anyone should be obviously because it's just mental health and and it should be something that we all feel comfortable talking about but um um oh sorry I'm just rambling again no, 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 <laughs> it's good. no it is like I say it's interesting and again everyone's story is different and I think you you've said how yeah it it's a it was a difficult thing to do but actually you were a bit more relaxed about that and that's really nice to hear that some people are um I guess approaching that in a slightly different way and again for those people yeah. that feel like actually no this is something that I can do and I do feel comfortable to share my story in that way um and to be a bit more open and say that maybe I'm not going to go into details but I feel happy to say do you know what sometimes I do something that other people don't do or I don't think they do um, or some days I struggle or I feel or think a certain way and actually being able to share that with people that are your um, friends um, is something that hopefully you feel able to do uh, and yeah. I think recently I've been having this conversation with a couple of people around the idea that I think um, I think you should be able to share everything with everyone and that it should be your decision to do that and so if I if I don't want to so say I didn't want to tell you something 
that it's uh, because I don't want to. It's not because I feel like I can't. Yeah. And it's a very small, it is like a language thing of who's choosing. But I think, yeah, do you know what? If I, if I am not talking to a friend or a colleague or a family member about something, hopefully that's because I've chosen not to rather than I feel like I can't. Um, yeah. And it's a, a real sort of shift, I think, in terms of how we maybe approach or think to um, conversations about mental health. Yeah, definitely. And I was I was going to add to that as well and just say that mm. kind of I think the approach I have when I'm writing is I'm always sort of thinking it's all very well typing away at my computer and kind of putting content out there on my blog and putting out the book. But the whole time I'm writing, I'm always thinking to myself, if a stranger were to come up to me in the street and say, oh, I read this in your book. Can you tell me more about it? Would I feel comfortable doing that? Would I feel comfortable having a face-to-face conversation with somebody, a stranger, a friend, a family member about anything I've written? And if the answer to that is no, um, then I don't write it. And I guess for me, I have no issue with mental health stuff because I don't see it as an issue. But for example, I know there's a lot of bloggers that maybe blog about sex and stuff. And I personally, it's not that I'm... I don't think there's anything shameful or embarrassing about sex or, and I applaud people that do open up about it, but personally that's not something I feel comfortable with. So Mm. I wouldn't feel comfortable discussing my sex life with a stranger or, you know, a friend saying to me, Oh, I read your blog post about this, that, and the other that you said about sex. And I want to talk about it with you. I wouldn't feel comfortable in that situation. So Mm. that's why for me, I don't do that. Um, I hope that made sense. I'm yeah, not no. Sure. It's again for me. It's that idea that you, um, I guess, you recognise, but that you're also happy to talk about actually what what I feel comfortable talking about. Yeah, because you don't have to, I think there's this misconception, I think people think when you share a lot of yourself online that you have to kind of share everything, Um, and I don't think that's true, I think we should be able to pick and choose what we share, but like you say, it shouldn't be a case of you feel like you can't, it's just whether or not you want to, Um, and I think that's a choice that we all should be able to make, and um, we can keep parts of ourselves private, I guess. Awesome. Um, I'd be interested as well in in regards to that idea of the, the story sharing, where, um, where the I don't know the idea or the concept for writing the book sort of came from. In terms of obviously you're still doing the stuff with um, your blog, you're still quite active online. Um, so it's not like you kind of stopped doing one thing to go and do something else. You you took on an, an additional project, and where that sort of that journey started. So it all kind of it all kind of happened out of the blue really last year. Um, I think it was around summertime, so sort of July, August time that Trigger, my publisher, reached out to me um, and they said they found my blog. Um, they thought I had an interesting story and would I be interested in turning it into a book? Um, and obviously my first thought was, hell yeah, obviously. Um, but. I didn't want, like you say, I, I want, I didn't want the blog to kind of take a back seat and I was working full time at the time as well. So it was, 
kind of a bit of I had to be realistic I guess yeah. so I remember talking time frames with my editor and saying um I think originally they wanted the deadline to be a bit earlier than it was and I said realistically I can't so it was just kind of a bit of back and forth and kind of looking at time frames and thinking about what would be realistic um and then in the end I found kind of I was I, I struck a nice balance I was working I was blogging and I was writing as well um and it all just worked kind of hand in hand really and I think I was really lucky as well because I did have a lot of support from my editor um certainly in terms of things that I struggled with like structure um what to leave in what to um what to take out that sort of thing um I had a lot of support from them so I think the process I would say while it was hard obviously writing the difficult parts of the book and stuff it was actually quite a smooth process mm. and um, one that I really enjoyed so and I think I have my publishers to thank for that and my my editor definitely oh, awesome awesome to hear how um kind of your blog in the first place was the inspiration essentially for that contact or that communication happening um yeah and showing I guess the the reach and the recognition that sharing your story and the way that you are already doing um has had in terms of connecting with other people and um I think that's a really powerful thing in terms of if someone is thinking about kind of sharing their story and are uh, especially at the beginning I've seen a few people now that's have sort of mentioned oh, I've started to share this or this and my, the, the the number of people looking at my stuff is quite low um actually do you know what we 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 sort of are flippant about it now but actually do you know what it's it's one person that might read that that picks it up and decides do you know what I I think I will go and get support or I think I will also share my story or actually this person sounds really interesting like I'd like to find out a bit more there might be another project that I feel like they're really useful for so um I think it really shows that. I don't know how you feel about um, Oh yeah, definitely. how that has come across in terms of your blog over that time as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I look back at my my journey and whatever, it it's mind-blowing. It is actually mind-blowing to think that I started my blog back in 2015. Um it wasn't supposed to be about mental health at all. That was never the plan. It just sort of it all happened naturally, all just kind of yeah, it all just went along kind of organically and just happened. Um, and it's just mad when I look back and I think that one thing just led to another. And then I became part of this lovely online mental health community and then and then got, you know, discovered by Trigger. And so it's all just crazy for me to look back and think that one thing just led to another. And I remember I, I had days when I thought, what am I even doing with this blog? Like no one was reading it. Like you say, mm. you know, mm. numbers were low. I had like two people reading it. It wasn't going anywhere. I didn't feel like it was, you know, I didn't feel like it was particularly successful or that I'd get anywhere with it. Um, and I almost gave up so many times. I almost just thought, oh, screw it. You know, I'm going to leave this because yeah. it's just a waste of time. I'm not getting anywhere. Um, and I'm just really glad that I didn't because... <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it's it's amazing the journey it's taken me on. It's um, I think it's yeah, it's really it's really empowering. I think for some people to sort of see that as well in terms of um, the opportunities to do different things, um, 
and be able to support other people as well. And I think you're one of the one of the people that writes about mental health that um, is really good with signposting in terms of uh, the different support that you've accessed or that you've heard other people talk about. And again, it's for for that person to make up their own mind as to whether that works for them or not. Um, yeah. But I've I've read kind of some blog posts before, and I'm like, oh, it's really really cool that you're sharing your story. Um, but personally, I would just I'd really like there to be a bit more signposting in there. Um, and I've done it with some of the stuff that I've written before. I've gone back and thought, oh crap, I really should have put in something there that's like there are places to go. Um, <laughs> but I think you're one of the people that when I read, there are often kind of a couple of different places. Um, that you're able to signpost to. I don't know what you think of in terms of the responsibility of that, I guess, when you're talking about not necessarily your story, but just mental health in general. Is there a responsibility to make sure that you're looking after the reader? Um, or is there like a limit as to how far you can go? Oh, it's it's very tricky. And I think... I think if you're writing about mental health, I think it's important to be mindful of the fact that you may well have readers that are in a vulnerable position. They've maybe found your blog because they're struggling and they're they're looking for people to kind of um, that share that how they're feeling. So I guess you've got to be mindful of the fact that people who are reading it may well be, you know, they may well be struggling themselves. Mm. Um, it's really difficult. I mean, I try and always, um, I'm glad you think that I'm good at the signposting thing because I do try and always kind of say, you know, I think quite a lot of my blog posts end with, if you're struggling, you know, this is the number for the Samaritans, mm. reach out to your GP, there's counseling options available, all that sort of thing. Um, and I think, when you're tackling a topic like mental health, I think you do have, I think there is a responsibility to kind of know that your readers may well be struggling and may well be coming to your blog for help. And you have a platform there where you can help them. Um, but again, I think, and I, I talk about this in the book as well. I think it's important to kind of draw a line sometimes. And I think people do cross boundaries and I've had people DM me and I'm I'm always very clear that my DMs are always open and I will always I'm here to chat and I will talk to people. But I have found myself in situations where maybe the person I'm talking to is in a really bad way or they're in a they're telling me they're in a position where they're going to harm themselves. And it, it's really difficult because that is a lot to put on someone that you don't know that isn't a mental health professional. Um, and it is and it is difficult. And I have at times had to say, right, I'm going to take a step back now. I'm going to tell this person where they can get help. But I now I'm going to take a step back because I'm not qualified to deal with this. Um, and I'd be doing them a disservice if I tried to help them because I, I'm not the right person to do that. So. Um, so I think it's just about finding a balance. I think when you're talking about mental health, um, it is important to kind of um be open and talk about where people can find help but it is also important to kind of detach yourself if people start reaching out to you on social media and and you don't feel safe 
or you're worried that they're not safe and and you don't know how to deal with that I think it is important to kind of look after yourself as well I think mm-hmm. um yeah I I, I won't lie I kind of pre uh I, I asked the question because I sort of know what you're going to say because I've read that part of the book um mm-hmm. and um I th- it was really interesting having read that part for me it really it marries with what I think in terms of do you know what at any stage we can have a conversation with someone and that's great that they're reaching out um but there is a limit as to what you can and what you should maybe um offer in terms of that support um yeah and I really like the recent uh oh it's not the time to change one I think it's the Samaritan's recent campaign um with the lady that asks about the weather I don't know if you've seen that one no, I don't think I have. So um, there's a lady that um, I think there's like three or four different kind of um, locations, and so she, in the first one it's like at a football game and it's really windy and it's raining and she's like, oh, what about this weather and whatever to the people she stood with, um, and then she's somewhere else and it's quite a nice sunny day and she's like, oh, what about this weather, um, and then like the fourth or fifth location is she's at a train station. And there's um, a guy kind of looking out into the distance and she sort of walks slowly up to him and sort of says to him, like, oh, what about the weather then? And he sort of looks over to her a little bit zoned out and she's like, and she just sort of says like, are you okay? Um, And then it kind of flashes up with like the Sam's information, goes back and then um, she's there with a, like a train guard who comes over and sort of takes the guy away and has a chat with him. And for me, it was like the idea that actually, do you know what, any of us can start that conversation, but it also shows the recognition that the type of support that some people need is that specialist support. Yeah. And that there's also a time and a place for that as well. And I think like you said, actually, yeah, someone saying, oh, I'm struggling or I'm going through this. Um, like, it's awesome that they're reaching out and it's awesome that you've got, um, you're open and you're prepared um, and confident enough to hear that and host part of that conversation but there does come a time like you say if someone says look I'm thinking about harming myself or I'm thinking about doing or whatever this stuff there is a limit as to what you are I would say qualified to do I guess yeah Um, absolutely and it's also really important to recognize the impact on you as the like the listener in the conversation and like you said it's really hard to hear that and to make sure that you feel okay with that conversation as well yeah um and I think I've noticed it when people have mentioned about like friends or close family and they're like oh I don't know I'm a bit worried about this and and that and it's like it's great if you're happy to have that conversation but it's also recognizing you know what like if someone does open up to you and says they've thought about doing something um, that can be really hard to hear, especially if it's someone that you know and that you care about. Mm. And it's about recognising the impact on you. That shouldn't prevent a conversation happening. Um, if anything, it should add in terms of the respect that we give that conversation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to add to that and say as well that I think it's really important, especially when you're reaching out to people online, um, and I haven't had any particularly bad experiences with this, but I think I think it's important to remember that 
just because a person is open online doesn't mean that that you have to remember that they're a person still mm -hmm. and they may well not be prepared to get a message from you in the middle of the day um you know telling you everything they're struggling with um and i've had people again i've had people reach out to me and i've always been fine with it mm. but i've always kind of just gently said maybe you know in future could you just ask me if now's okay to chat and mm. tell me kind of what you're going to be talking about because sometimes it can be triggering as well mm. um so if someone messages you and says oh i feel like i'm going to be sick and i'm i'm freaking out and I'm maybe feeling in a bit, I'm feeling a bit low or a bit anxious that can put me on high alert a little mm. bit and kind of put me on edge. So I think what I was going to say there was that I think it's just important to kind of remember that you're reaching out to an actual person um, that may well be having a bad day or may well be struggling with something themselves. And it's just a nice, it's just polite and it's a nice courtesy to just kind of say, I need to talk to someone about something is now a good time i will be yeah. talking about this this and that um will that be triggering for you and i think that's just a nice thing to do really mm. especially because i would say there's a particular reason why they've decided to talk to you and it's because yeah. they know that you have uh, an affinity for a particular situation so it's not like they don't understand or know that you might find that conversation quite difficult um, yeah exactly and I think there are now um, I want to look into these because there seems to be a lot more than I'm aware of but there are a lot of online peer-to-peer -peer support networks um, yes there are that you can kind of engage with and if you feel the need to kind of essentially share your story in that way and just talk to someone um, like I, I've heard of um places where you essentially it's like a forum type thing but someone mentioned to me a different place today which I haven't looked at yet so I won't mention it just in case it's not amazing mm -hmm. um and they sort of said oh you sign up as like a listener or a speaker so it's a it's still based on like the one-to-one -one, so you're not opening up to a group you're just opening up to one person um and again like that's something new for me in terms of thinking oh actually I can understand some people might feel even online like they don't want to open up to a big group of people and just talking um, to one person might be something that they feel more approachable um, or more happy with. Um, so yeah. seeing the growth of that sort of online support is really interesting as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's great that there are these forums and places where people can do that. Mm. Um Somehow we've got up to like an hour already. <laughs> oh my gosh, like, that has flown by. I, I don't really feel like we've got <laughs> too much detail on anything. I can't no. believe how often this happens. It's really annoying. Um, <laughs> it has been really interesting to sit down and have a chat with you. And I think um, for me, kind of get a little bit more of a, uh, an understanding as to um, some of the illnesses you're affected by, but also some of the really cool um, coping strategies uh, and support systems that you've put in place and hearing um, from you as well like how um, easy is not the right word but how at, at ease you are with kind of sharing your own story in terms of that being here but also online through your blog and um, through the book as well I think it definitely as a an advocate for story sharing um, has come across hugely I think in the um, conversation today but also the stuff that I've read so um, a big thank you 
for, like I say, not just the last hour of story sharing, but all of the work that you continue to do around mental health and um, sharing your experience as well. Oh, thank you so much. That's really nice. Thank you. No worries. Um, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about you or look at trying to get hold of the book, um, how and where should they go to do that? Um, well, I, it's nice and easy. I'm Geek Magnifique everywhere. So the blog is geekmagnifique.co.uk and all my social handles are at geekmagnifique. Um, the book, very helpfully, is also called Geek Magnifique, um, Finding the Logic in My OCD, and it's available to buy on Amazon, on the Trigger Publishing website as well, and a few a few other places. Um, but basically, I live on Twitter, so if anyone wants to ever come and chat to me, as I say, I'm at Geek Magnifique on Twitter. My DMs are always open, and I'm always happy to have a chat. I feel like we've gone all the way through and I was about to finish and I haven't asked a question that should have been like maybe one of the first questions I asked, which is where did the name come from? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Everyone always asks me that and I still haven't prepared a proper answer to that question. The the, the actual, the answer is I don't really remember where that came from. Oh, um, that's, a, that's an awesome excuse to make up an amazing story. I know I really should shouldn't I I should sit down and work on one <laughs> I think it was mainly because I kind of originally I, I think I already said that it wasn't going to be a mental health blog it was going to be more about like video games mm. and movies and stuff like that um, so I kind of knew that I wanted geek in there somewhere mm. but then I also wanted um, I wanted to be a bit girly and I planned to write about beauty and fashion and stuff um so I wanted kind of a word that reflected that as well and I think I just sat with Dave my husband and like bounced bounced ideas around and I wanted something that rhymed and was quite catchy and I think we just you know bounced some ideas off each other and that's what we came up with so it's not a very exciting story I'm afraid oh but it's still the the true story um which is interesting I mean it's not like a giant came over the hill and gave me an egg and inside the egg was a bit of paper and on the bit of paper was a mess. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, yours is more believable, I guess. That is true, but I do like yours more, so I might steal that in the future. Um, but no, that does that does make sense in terms of, like, the, the tech and, like, the luxury side of, of um, yeah. the language. So that, that does make sense. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story um, you. and being part of the podcast. No, it's been great. Thank you so much. No worries. Look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate yeah it's difficult dealing with our minds to get the word out that men have got to start talking i feel like a lot of the friends that i did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it and the suicidal thoughts were back people knew that there was something not right but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. 
You're not depressed. It's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard. It's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it. And they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. 